The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. Hey guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. It is me, your host, Kinsey Elizabeth. Welcome back. Or if you guys are new here, hi. Oh my gosh, so excited to have you. Today is going to be a little solo episode. I haven't done one of these in a while, but we will be doing these monthly, typically as I think a bonus episode. Um, But you know, it's Thursday. And so we're doing it normal this time, but I think it's normally going to be a bonus episode. The first part, just to give you guys a little rundown, we're going to go through um, my morning and night routines and kind of how I have been using those to create structure and help with anxiety slash depression in my life and just all of that stuff. Um, And the second half is going to be our first book club episode. So this past month's book was Midnight Sun. Um, I will be announcing, I still haven't decided as I'm recording this, what we're going to be doing for next month. So follow the Instagram. It's I-L-Y-S-M podcast. I will be announcing the book for September, the day that this episode goes live on our Instagram. So go check that out. And then I will be recapping it towards the end of the month. If you guys want to join, um, join our Facebook group. You guys can, we can talk about it there in the threads. And then I will just be doing a book club podcast episode Um, normally the last half of a solo episode, or I can do an entire one if you guys would like, but we're going to be doing that. So I'm really excited towards the end of this episode. The last half, I have my best friend Savon. We've been friends since, I mean, we've known each other since we were like 12. Um, and we are huge twilight people. We talk about it very seriously and she was home and it was just only fitting to record this with her. Um, but I'm always hopefully going to have a guest because we have to go through these questions. Like I can't do a book club on my own. Like that's the whole point of a book club. You know what I mean? So anyways, I'm really excited for that. I'm going to go through things I've been loving so much and not loving so much this past week. So basically a high and a low, you know, um, the high of this past week, guys, I finally got a new fridge. Now this may not seem exciting to you because you may be someone with a life and like a more exciting, just a more exciting life than me overall. But hear me out. I moved into this house in February. The fridge was just this black, just, it was so ugly. It didn't fit where it was supposed to. And it came with the house. And, you know, I'm grateful, obviously, to have a house and a fridge, but it doesn't take from the fact that it was just really ugly. And honestly, it was just, it was really bothering me. I, in all seriousness, I'm really affected by my environment. My mom's an interior designer. I work in my house all the time, as we know. And I finally got a new fridge. And that has just been the biggest game changer. I got it last night. First off, I had the fridge before where the freezer was on top and I'm a very visual person. So I need the fridge part to be on top and just right in front of me when I open it for organization purposes. And it has just really changed the game. First off, it's silver. It looks so better in my, so better, so much better in my kitchen. Like guys, it actually feels like I did not even just got a whole new kitchen. It feels like I got an entire new house. Like, I don't know how else to describe that to you other than it has been the most incredible experience. I just seriously, 10 out of 10. I cannot say enough good things about this new fridge. I will be posting a photo on of it on Instagram because I'm just so passionate about my new fridge. And I got all this organization and Booch Pop. I've been loving Booch Pop, um, which is the new healthy like Booch Pop. I'm actually going to have the founder on soon, hopefully. So that's exciting. But I am not like a really big drinker, but I love the experience of like having a nice glass of something and whatever as I'm like cooking at night or winding down or whatever. And, you know, if I don't really drink that much, it can't just like be like my go to is like wine because it makes my face puffy. Okay, we don't need to talk about it. 
So um, I've just been doing kombucha in my wine glass as a lot of people have been doing on social media and putting that over ice. And it's really just been quite the experience. I actually wish I had one right now. I might I might make one today before. I mean, it's currently 11 a.m., but, you know, I might do it. I'm acting like it's actual alcohol, guys. Like it's really not. But anyways, I got containers for that to organize my drinks. And I'm just feeling like domestic and really on top of it. And I'm really loving it. So Anyways, that has been definitely the thing I've been loving so much this week. I've also kind of started writing a little bit. I always journal and normally that's just like prayers and um, things that I, you know, I'll like journal from like a book or something and write notes on it and things like that. But I don't know. I'm definitely not um, a great writer by any means, but I think I just wanted to get some thoughts together and maybe even improve my writing skills, things like that. And so I actually literally just started that last night and I have been feeling so much better. I mean, it's been about 12 hours, but update guys, I'm feeling better. So I think that's a really great experience. And then my low has been my anxiety and depression is just hitting really hard, has been hitting really hard. I feel like I'm actually kind of on the up and up. Um, I shared something on Instagram. You guys can go check it out. It's my Instagram username is just Kenzie Elizabeth, but I am very weird in the way that, and the fact that I deal with seasonal depression in the summer it's very odd. The joy or the, the heat just sucks all joy out of me in like a way that just doesn't make sense. My already, I already have clinical like impression, impression, what clinical anxiety and depression. And so that's something that just comes in waves and it hits harder in the month of August. And I have just been so not myself like the past month plus, And I literally have cried probably every day, multiple times a day. I'm so emotional. Someone can like even look at me wrong and I cry. I've just not been handling situations the way that I normally would. I've been snappier. Like, I just hate how I've been treating people. Like, I don't know. It's been really, really hard. And I, yeah, that's just my low. I do feel like I'm getting better. And I do things, like, I make structure for myself in these times, which is kind of weird. I don't know. I had therapy last week. And my therapist and I think that um, we've made, like, adjustments. And we think slash know that my anxiety is worse in the summer because regardless of um, school or whatnot, um, obviously COVID has totally changed the grand scheme of life right now, but um, there's typically less structure in summers regardless. And I work from home, you know, all year. So it's not like my day-to-day changes, but just with naturally with summer structure is a little bit lower. It's just, I don't know. I think even with traveling and stuff, it's just harder for me to kind of keep in my routine and with anxiety, a lot of it is control. And so being able to kind of control my day and my morning and um, just my routine throughout the day is really big for me. And then also uh, my coping mechanisms a lot of the time are things that are outside. So on one hand where the summer kind of becomes a little bit more lenient and maybe I fall off my routine, that's not the best thing for me. Um, The ways that I would cope with that are typically also outside. But since it's like 105 degrees outside, I'm not going to go do that. So then I'm just in this weird frenzy in my house and my mind is so cluttered and I'm just like crying midday all the time and I don't know why. Um, So anyways, with that being said, I am going to go back to... Uh, my routine and I have been going back. I think it's really important for me mental health wise. It's definitely been something that's um, made the biggest difference as far as dealing with anxiety and depression and whatnot. And I just, I just make sure I'm doing things that make me feel more me and make me feel more myself and that make me better consistently and just constantly 
so that I am able to operate at my best potential because I like my identity is not in my mental health, you know, and it's like I want to find ways to control that rather than it control me. So I do a lot of that through routines and routines have really helped me. Um, I definitely will be sharing. That's what we're going to be doing today is going through morning and night routines. My night routine is a lot more lenient than my morning routine. I find for me, my morning routine is a lot more, um, a lot more important to me. It definitely just sets up my day for success. If I sleep in and miss my morning routine, um, I definitely feel so off and rather than if I wake up early and I have a great morning, I feel so much better for the day. Like for instance, I woke up early this morning and did it and I feel so much better. Um, some tips as well for waking up early, make plans with a friend. So like I will always call my friend Liz and I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, do you want to go walk the lake this morning? Which is what we did this morning. Or do you want to get La La Land? Do you want to get coffee or whatever? Because there's some sort of accountability um, outside COVID. If you're going to work out, booking a workout class with a friend, things like that um, really help. So we're going to be going into my morning routine, my night routine, what I do, um, how I kind of cope with that and things that have helped me a ton. I also want to say like, don't put too much pressure on your routine. You do not need to wake up at 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m., whatever that is, and be like the next Oprah Winfrey, okay? Like that is not what needs to happen. I think, you know, there's definitely a correlation with people um, who have early mornings and morning routines and that's really worked for them, you know? But maybe you're someone who that doesn't work for. Like I know Lauren Elizabeth is really good about talking about things that work for her rather than things that she sees work for everyone else and she kind of tries to like push on herself. And I really love that about her and how she communicates that because I think that's really important so you know in the time that I'm in I'm able to kind of reassess like what I need in that time and um change up my routine so for instance when I was living in LA and I was a full-time college student and like working full-time and I was just crazy busy I had to wake up that early in order to have my morning routine because I had class in the morning you know so I had to wake up at like five or six in order to make it to my workout class in order to you know continue on with my morning routine but the thing was like, if I didn't do that, I felt so much worse. And so that was just my me time. And that was necessary at that time. Right now, um, I don't have to make it to my college class an hour away from me at 8, 9am, you know, so I'm not having to wake up that early. I'm not having to do things like that. For me personally, when I wake up early, I feel better. And I know that's not for everyone. So I'm just saying like my the whole point in sharing this is that find a routine that works for you. Build a routine that works for you. Don't put more pressure on yourself because you think that you need to fit this routine or wake up at five and have all this stuff done by like 9 a.m., whatever. Because I'm someone who deals with anxiety, it definitely does help me. But that doesn't mean that that is what you have to do. I don't want you guys to um, listen to this and put any pressure on yourself. My routine is not anything crazy right now, but I also know that there's this weird like routine comparison thing and I don't want anyone to fall into that. I'm just simply sharing what works for me. You can take some of it. You can leave some of it, whatever it is. But yeah, that's pretty much that. So I wake up. Honestly, I do not have a consistent time when I wake up. I would say it's anywhere between 6.15 and 7.30. So let's do a morning when I wake up at 6.45. Okay. So I'll wake up. I immediately take the dogs out. Um, I love actually having this responsibility because it gets me out of bed in the morning and it's a really good accountability system because I know sometimes when I'm feeling really down or depressed or unmotivated, 
you know, it's really hard to get out of bed in the morning, but having dogs, I'm not saying to get dogs because of this. I'm just saying it is a plus of dogs. Um, I know I have to go take care of them. So I wake up, I immediately take them out and I take them on a walk. Sometimes it will just be a quick 15 minute walk. Sometimes it will be a long one hour walk. Ideally, I will do a long 45 minute to one hour walk. Um, and I live in a really cool area. So kind of just walking around, it's super cute, fun. And I listen to a podcast. So some podcasts that I listen to, I'll actually share those because that will be that will be fun, guys. Um, well, actually, oh my gosh, while we're here, guys, Dom has a podcast now with Dear Media, and we keep telling everyone that we're coworkers, but it's called The Uncomfortable. It's so freaking good. You guys will absolutely love it. So listen to The Uncomfortable. Um, also, of course, The Skinny Confidential. Okay, sis, I'll listen to Well That's Good. Um, I loved the Well That's Good podcast episode with Judah Smith. That was incredible. I love the morning toast mood obviously there's this new podcast um with the girl from one of the true crime i'm so sorry guys i'm so out of it with true crime podcast and i know that they're like so well respected ashley flowers yeah um it's called very presidential with ashley flowers and it just goes on with all of these um little not little but like big presidential scandals which i think is so interesting um i'm really giving you guys a wide variety right now um, I'm into it with Keaton Millibird. Oh, my favorite currently is Battle Ready with Erwin and Aaron McManus. I really feel like I just resonate with Erwin McManus. I don't know. Like he says things and I'm like, you said something that I've never said out loud, but I've been thinking of my entire life. And he has a really open and like beautiful perspective with faith and he didn't grow up in the church, which makes me relate to him more. I don't know. They're really interesting and they, they do a really good job with hearing different perspectives and different per opinions and just how they how they deal with it I will get really annoyed with things and they handle it with grace so I really respect that about them um oh I listened to the magnify podcast uh that one's great um keep going oh guys the living room so if you guys didn't know I do podcast out episodes on my faith-based patreon the living room so if you guys want podcast episodes for that you guys can go check it out there the grove is great the ed my show that's more productive Sophia Bush has a podcast, Work in Progress. That one's incredible. Um, Sophia Bush has the best voice in the world and it's like made for podcasting. So that's really calming. Brene Brown has a podcast, Unlocking Us. Oprah's Super Soul Conversation. Um, I'm going to stop there. Also my podcast, guys, if you're into that sort of thing. But yeah, that's kind of what I just regularly listen to. And I really love um, either listening to a podcast in the morning and it really depends. Like I, depending on the time of week and just where I'm at mentally, I'll either listen to like an educational one or a more chill podcast or a more entertaining podcast. It really just depends. And then sometimes if I don't like listening to a podcast and I'm not feeling that, then I will just listen to like some sort of like worship music. I have a lot of playlists on my Spotify that you guys can follow, but that just gets me like kind of in the right headspace and mindset for the day. So that's what I do. And then I will take the dogs back home. We come back and I feed them. And then I will do my 12, 3:30 workout as they play in the den. Um, I'll typically take them out after they eat between like 10 to 30 minutes out after that. So they really love just playing in the den while I do that. So the workout routine I've been doing lately, Lauren Geraldo, um, crafted and has made famous essentially. I got it from her, but it is her treadmill routine. It's called 12, 3 30. I've been sharing this a lot on my Instagram, but you do an incline of 12 at a speed of three for 30 minutes. And it may sound not that difficult, but like you will never sweat more. And it's really good um, for fat burning. It's just great. Like I love the workout. 
I've been changing it up rather than only doing Pilates and things like that. I've really, really enjoyed it. And I will listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube video or whatever during that time. And it goes by really quickly. Um, it's so freaking hard. I'm not going to lie, but it's definitely a great thing. So if you have access to a treadmill or you have a treadmill, I would definitely recommend 12, 3, 30, but just getting some sort of workout in, in the morning is really important to me. Um, like exercising helps me so much mental health wise. I know some people get annoyed when people say that, but it really does help me. And even if I really don't want to work out, I will make myself work out because if not, I just know mentally I am so much worse. It's so much less about my physical health than it is my mental health for me, but working out is really important. So already in this morning routine, I have taken the dogs on a walk and I'm listening to a podcast. That's something that refuels me, recharges me. It's like a great way to spend the morning. I love being out and about um, early in the morning. There's just something about it. And then I'm working out and I know working out is going to be good for me, whether I want to do it or not. Right. There are some days that I'm excited to work out and there are some days that I would rather cry than work out, you know? Then after that, I will go shower and then make breakfast. Okay, so go shower. I always use my Function of Beauty products that are a sponsor on this podcast episode, guys. I love their stuff, their hair serums, everything. I think it's functionofbeauty.com slash I love you for 20% off, but it is the best. So I will go shower using my Function of Beauty products, all of my skincare stuff. I have a video morning routine that I just posted recently. If you guys are interested in like the exact products I use, they're all there. So I'll go do that. And then I head back downstairs. I make breakfast. I will typically make um, avocado toast. So I use Dave's bread. I toast that for two minutes. Then I use an entire avocado. And then I will put the Trader Joe's glaze and then the everything but the bagel seasoning. The Trader Joe's glaze completely changes the avocado toast. It is absolutely incredible. I cannot recommend it to you guys enough. It is just so good. That is how I've really truly just perfected my Trader Joe's or my avocado toast. Sorry. It's so good. Again, that is the Trader Joe's glaze guys. Um, so good during that time as I'm eating my breakfast and I make my coffee and drinking water, whatever that might be. Um, I'm doing my devotion. So I'm reading. Um, I know a lot of you guys are into like stoicism and stuff like that. Um, I've, I've already talked about this in this podcast, but I'm like really into my faith. So I will read my devotions. If you guys want like faith content again, go to my Patreon, the living room, and you guys will get all of that. But um, I typically will either read the 40 day prayer challenge, which is the best devotional I've ever read, or I'll do some sort of like she reads truth Devo book thing. I have their subscription or new morning mercies, whatever it is, it changes day to day. And I'll read a little bit. This can either be a 10 minute, a five minute, 10 minute thing, or a two hour thing, depending on um, just like my schedule for the day, what I feel like I need, it really varies, but I, I really make sure that I do that daily, at least at the bare minimum, read my daily devotion, like plan thing, which is like, you know, if you have one day, that's like a three minute read. I just, I at least make sure I have that because that helps my mindset so much. So again, showering, getting ready for the, for the day, that's so important. And then also doing my reading, my morning reading, that is crucial for me. So then after I will get ready and I'm off. Um, it's really important for me to actually get ready. It doesn't mean that I have to wear makeup or anything like that. Um, honestly, my go-to every day is just skincare, brushing my brows out on lip balm. Like I'm not, you know, fully getting ready. Sometimes I'm just wearing sweats around the house, but, and then sometimes I'm like dressed up. Like right now I'm wearing like a full revolve set with like heels in my office at home. Like, I don't know who I am right now. This is not the norm. It depends, but just getting ready for the day and just not being in my pajamas because I work from home. I know a lot of you guys are working from home right now, but just actually getting ready for the day, whether that's skincare, just throwing your hair up, whatever. It just cannot be your pajamas. Okay. It doesn't matter. I'm not someone who thinks you have to be fully dressed all the time either. Like 
I wear sweats regularly. So just getting ready for that day. Um, and then I'm off to my office. So that is my morning routine. And that is what I do to set myself up for success for that day to make sure like my mental health is in check. I'm emotionally healthy. I'm spiritually fed, things like that. Um, I just, you know, my walks are really important to me. The content I'm consuming is really important to me. Working out is important to me. Getting ready. All of those things just make me better. They recharge me. They refuel me. Okay. That doesn't need to be a 17 hour morning routine where you wake up at 5 a.m. Okay. If that's what works for you, that's amazing. There are times in my life where that is what works for me. Um, but this is just what I've been doing lately. And it's been really, really helpful. And it's really important to me. And it's something that I really almost, I rely on not too heavily, but I definitely do try to just keep a consistent routine because I just find that that is a really simple, easy way to kind of stay ahead of my mental health and to make sure I am at my best for the day. Okay, so moving in to my night routine, this is nothing crazy. I really don't have a specific night routine at all. Typically, I will, like, this is pretty much what it is, okay? I take my meds at night. Um, I And this is, like, after dinner and after if I have, like, hung out with my boyfriend or my friends or whatever it is. Um, I will go do my skincare. So it's nothing too crazy. I'll wash my face and then I'll put on, like, a typically, like, an overnight cream or whatever. Um, it really depends. I don't have like diehard over like nighttime skincare routines or anything like that. Then I will go to bed and I will read. That is my only routine. And I, it is the one thing that I do every single day. I read before bed. I, this is amazing because I love reading. I read on my Kindle Oasis. I will link it down below in the show notes because it is so worth buying. Um, I've read like 60 plus books in 2020. I think it's close to 70. Um, I read honestly, probably like on average two to three books a week. And it is so good for me mental health wise because I'm not scrolling my on my phone at night for hours, just like comparing myself and being hard on myself or giving myself added anxiety. And then I'm also not allowing myself to just sit there and think and overthink my life, right? So I really feel like reading before bed has been one of the best things that I've really implemented in 2020. I had a TV in my room and it broke. And then I was like, I don't even really care about replacing it right now because all I do is read anyways. But it's really helped because at one, again, I can't be on my phone before bed. It'll be sometimes three hours I'll read and I'm not on my phone before bed, which is so good. And then um, it also, I'm not thinking about my life. I'm thinking about the book. So I'm not making things worse for myself. You know what I mean? I'm just focused on the book and I'm not thinking and overthinking things in an unhealthy way. And that has really just been you know, the most simple routine in my life, but it has definitely made the biggest difference. And I also just feel like a much better person when I'm reading constantly. I read mainly fiction, honestly. I've read mainly fiction in 2020. I've read a lot of nonfiction as well, but um, it's just like a nice fiction book, guys. It's really, really good. I feel like I actually learned so much from them as well. And um, reading is something that makes me better. It's something I really enjoy and it really relaxes me. So I will like make a tea and read, honestly, from anywhere from, you know, an hour to four or five sometimes if I get to bed at like 7 p.m., which is really ideal. Um, not always practical, but very ideal. I also just want to say if you guys are someone who's dealing with anxiety, depression, having a hard time with routines, whatever, it's always helpful to add a friend in. I think you know, we only get worse in isolation. I, you know, it's good to have your own time, but isolation is a totally different thing. And even if it's just a phone call in the morning, just some sort of social interaction for me, I found is really helpful. 
So anyways, we are going to get on to the book review part. Um, as you guys know, it was Midnight Sun for this month. Hope you guys enjoy. And we're welcoming Sav on now. Guys, I have something that you will absolutely love. So we already know the importance of skincare. We're talking routines in this episode. My skincare routine is such a staple every single morning. Like I will not, there is not a day that goes by that I do not do my skincare routine. And we already know the importance of it. Okay. So whether you're worried about dullness, redness, fine lines, or acne, just trying to find the right treatment can be so frustrating. Now there's a simpler, smarter solution to skincare. Meet Rory. It's a digital digital health clinic for women. So you can do this from the comfort of your own home, which, you know, I'm such a homebody and I absolutely love. Um, Rory is a sister brand of Roman. So like Roman, they make it simple to connect with a healthcare professional online and see if personalized prescription skincare treatment is right for you. All of this from the comfort of your own home. You can go on your phone or computer, complete a free online consultation, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed healthcare professional within 24 hours. And if appropriate, they'll prescribe a personal skincare treatment plan that works just for you and your skin. With Rory, you won't even have to go to the pharmacy. Your custom skincare is delivered right to you with free two-day shipping. Guys, can I get an amen? Okay. I hate going to the pharmacy. If anything can be delivered to me, I'm all about it. So you can also follow up with a healthcare professional anytime if you need to make a change to your treatment or have any questions. They're with you every step of the way of your skincare journey. So with Rory, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. Go to hellorory.com slash I love you to try out Nightly Defense for just $5. It is free to chat with the doctor and your first order is just $5, guys. That is insane. Again, that's hellorory.com slash I love you. Eligibility requirements and additional terms apply. Guys, I cannot think of anything better. You can do this from the comfort of your own home. It gets delivered to you. Like you don't have to make all these crazy appointments. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. You can get this completely customized to you, delivered to your door from your own home. It is beautiful. Again, that is just hellorory.com slash I love you. Your first order is just $5. You have nothing to lose. Okay, hope you guys enjoy the rest of the episode and we will get back to it. Hello. Hello. All right, Sav, you ready for this book club? Yes. I can't believe that we've actually never done a book club together. I'm honestly shocked. Actually, like, I'm not because every time you tell me to read a book, I refuse to. And same with it, you. Yeah. Yeah. So that would explain it. The only reason that we read this together is because we both grew up on these books. Yes, for sure. Do you think... Okay, first question. Do what? you... Okay, well, for those of you who don't know, we read Midnight Sun, which is the fifth book in the Twilight series. It is yes. Twilight, which is the first book from Edward's point of view. Do you think, this is my question, that Twilight would be as popular as it became if it became popular in 2020? I think with just like everything going on, the pandemic, quarantine, yes. Okay, but. And like everyone loves a good love story. That is true, but like I read it and now, and I just think it's so problematic. Yeah, it is. It's just reached the point in my life though where it's just. It's such a, even though, like, I know the movies are bad. And, I like, love the movies, but though. But I love them. Like, I they're don't care. They're so cringy, but, like. That's, like, why they're good. Yes. People just don't see it. They don't have the vision that we have. But also, I, I read these books when my parents got divorced in the fifth grade. Like, you can't take that from me, you know? No. You don't get to take that love, that relationship that I idolized away. I know exactly where I was when okay spoiler if you haven't I mean you're not listening to this if you haven't read the Twilight series and if you're listening to this just because you want to you're not going to read so it's fine but um (laughs) spoiler um 
in Breaking Dawn, or was it Eclipse? I don't know. Whenever Jacob and Prince on Renesmee, I remember. Breaking ex- Dawn. Okay, I remember exactly where I was. And I remember my jaw dropped, and I had to like run into the other room and tell my mom, like, no, some, that exactly what happened. Like, I have never been that, like, mind blown by a book ever. Yeah. At that, that, that 10 year old time in my life. We were like 11. Why was I reading these books so young? That's why so were we both okay. reading these books that young? It's just not okay. Like, I, no. No, literally, there was one Thanksgiving whenever my sister was reading these books before I did. She did not leave, like, the cabin that we stayed in for, like, two days. The whole entire Thanksgiving trip, my dad was so mad at her. And he was like, Tara, that's disrespectful. And she was like, but Edward. No, exactly. she was on New Moon. Like, she was reading New Moon. Like, you can't not read New Moon. I know that this isn't going to happen because Stephanie Meyer has already said she's completely done with the Twilight series. But I think that New Moon, from Edward's perspective, would have been so much more interesting because he leaves for, like, most of that book. And he's on his own. And you never really know where he went. So I think that would be so interesting. But I think, like, um, returning... Okay, returning to the series as an adult (laughs) was... It was both nostalgic, but it was also very problematic. Like, he actually stalks her, Sav. Yeah, he crept into her room and watched her sleep. That's... I mean, like, is no one else concerned? And, like, I idolized that relationship when I was, like, 11. I was like, I want that kind of love, like... No. <laughs> but, <laughs> but okay, I was reading a BuzzFeed article too, and this is a tweet. But question, why I hear Fitz crying downstairs. But okay, I read a tweet, and maybe you send it to me because we send each other tweets nonstop. Yeah. But something about like why didn't the colon stop the Holocaust and all these I other things. I think I did send that one. No, to and you. that is so true because if they're as powerful as they claim to be, and they are these people like it's like Robin Hood, like they're the good guys and they're, they're underdogs. Yeah, they're protecting everyone. They're not eating human beings. Like if you have like I actually was like really heated as to why they didn't do this, and then I forgot that they're like fiction characters, and I'm talking about vampires here. Like it's actually crazy. But that is such a really valid point. Also, the fact that Jasper was a Confederate soldier, that not that like that didn't that wasn't good then and it didn't age well now. So like really, why why? I mean it obviously benefited him in the third book because they had the whole war with the other vampires, so, like he had like the background returning for battle. He had the experience for it, so that's why they always had like a leg up on everyone else. But yeah. I just felt like that was just tacky. Tacky is not even the right word, but it did make me really uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, especially like how they had like Edward talked about it in Midnight Sun. Hi, Coco. It like, was weird. Yeah. Very odd. Oh my gosh. Do you remember the Facebook groups that was, that were like, I'm a Jacob fan in the movie, but an Edward fan in the book. Yes. And when all those went viral. Yeah. Like, like whenever liking Facebook pages was like a trend. Yeah. I, I hate that. I still have, like, so many. Yeah, I have to unlike them. I have a few questions about the book. Okay, actually, no. Okay, First, what? I want to hear your rating. Like, what did you overall think about the book? Did you enjoy it? Okay, so I don't know if you know this. I don't know if the listeners know this, but Stephanie Meyer started writing this book probably, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. And then someone uh, lock, hacked into her account published the first 13 or 14 chapters no it wasn't even i thought early 12 chapters it was the first 14 you're right no but it wasn't someone didn't hack in it was a public it was someone in her publishing circle (gasps) that leaked it because i was reading articles about it because i was thinking that too and i was just thinking how strange that was because i remember reading it online it was someone in that circle so that's why she was so mad because she knew that supposedly allegedly that i've read that online okay stephanie meyer the floor is yours 
<laughs> yeah, I would love to have you on to bring justice to the matter. So please, um, my people will be in touch with your people. Exactly. Yeah. But so like, but I was getting at it. So I've been reading those 12 chapters, however, 13, 14, this whole entire time. So like whenever they first announced that like she was actually releasing Midnight Sun, I reread them again so fast. And so like, I like kind of knew kind of what to expect with like how Edward talked and like his kind of mannerisms, like coming into reading this book. But just kind of how like she took certain things. I was like, hmm, don't know if I agree with that. Like what? Like certain things that he, what do you mean? Like that he, like how he would just like kind of like talk about Bella, like before they even like were dating and like oh. this whole like kind of stalking. And yeah. I mean, the stalking was definitely weird, but you knew that that was happening beforehand. But yeah, hearing it from his perspective, just I think solidifies the fact that he was full blown stalking her. And she was okay with that? Yeah, like she thought it was romantic. Yeah. Like imagine was- right now, Sav, okay? Actually, no. Picture this back in LA, okay? I'm in my room in LA, and Quentin is, has broken into my house and stares at me. He crawls in through your night. window. Yeah, while I'm sleeping. And then I, like, fall in love with him, and I'm like, this is the boy for me. Like, what would this you do as my friend? I would hope that you would object. I would. I'd be like, that's your stalker, yeah, Kinsey? Yeah, that's no it's no it was just really odd also hearing it was interesting because i don't know if i really thought that he was like in love with her from the start he was like infatuated with her yeah but he even he describes like feelings for her at that point and i think i always thought that he was just kind of interested in her because he couldn't read her mind that's what i thought too but it seemed like it was way i mean it was because he would talk about feelings and how he was like i haven't felt this my whole uh, immortal life and they hadn't even talked yeah that was like like, and he knew her like so well because he would creep into her room every night and she finds that out and she's not even alarmed like i know we're really harping on this guys but i just think it's so odd it's just like looking, like reading it, like as you said, like coming back to us as an adult and reading it yeah. and like, obviously we read it when we were like 10, 11, so we didn't know any better, no. but like now, now we know. Now we definitely know. Um, okay. I, I have a few questions. What? Okay. Well, first off, who the hell is Tanya? This is the thing. And I know that we know who Tanya is because I asked you as well. Yeah. I just felt like that was such a random thing in the book and nothing. Like, well, he was trying to fall in love with someone else so he wouldn't kill bella but i just feel like that wasn't developed enough in the book and it was just randomly thrown in there and like mm-hmm. could have done without it and it was such a unnecessary part of the book well it had to like talk about whenever he disappeared because remember in twilight bella's like edward's not here like and then she was like where were you which know, was weird but i think that she could have developed that a little bit more to where she could have was... given more context behind like yeah. that the other clan like them in alaska like yeah, I agree with that. Also, Carlisle is absolutely 23. Like, he's definitely 23. That has been fact-talked as well. Wait, he's actually 23? In the movie. In, okay, I mean. I thought I, he was at least in his 30s. No, 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 no. He's 23. And he is this doctor who. He's also been around since the 1500s. Well, yeah, but he's stuck at 23 to these muggles, if you will. Muggles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these just humans. Doing, yeah, we're just doing a little, a little cross book over here, but. No, 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 no. He's 23. And so this entire time, people are thinking that he has these foster kids who are dating each other. That's another thing, okay? Who are literally dating each other. 
this these are all things that you don't find odd when you're reading this when you i mean you read this as you're growing up and you're like oh that's kind of weird but you read it now and you're like this is absolutely bizarre like this doesn't happen this isn't normal i mean we do we anyways okay (laughs) i was just i was just about to say like we're not in kentucky and then i thought like it hits a little too close to home guys but like it's just just kidding but it is one of those things where that was really odd yeah i agree with that it's really odd but he's 23 like he's a dad matchmaker like yeah like that's what it's really odd but i also thought I don't know. I just never thought. I always felt like he was like 35 to 40. In the yeah, books, I did too. But he's 23. Is that not weird? Also, I have so many questions as to how they get their documentation and stuff. And then also, how is he just like bopping around as a doctor? Like that concerns me for Bopping around. Just bopping <laughs> around as a doctor. And We're then- literally taking this so literal. Like we're worried about healthcare. This is a fictional series. I'm like, why did he stop the Holocaust? No. Also, okay. The other thing that I thought was weird, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but when they go to Arizona. Yes. And they're in the hospital. He's just helping out his friend in the hospital again. Because he got the credentials too. Because he already knew the guy. Because they worked together in Baltimore. They Because I heard on the audiobook today as I was driving. It's just so odd. But yeah, and like the doctor was like, oh, well, I haven't seen him in like 13 years. But like Carlisle has gotten into plastics. Like that was his yeah. excuse for him still looking so well preserved. Oh, yeah, because he was thinking that. I do like how I will say I do like how Edward reads minds because it adds mm-hmm. a more like dry humor element to the books. Yes. OK, why couldn't he read Bella's dad's mind? He. No, he couldn't. Right. No, I thought he could. He could. He couldn't no. read it fully. It wasn't clear. I mean, whenever uh, they went back to Forks, whenever Jane, they lost James, he was able. He was outside Bella's house and like looking into Charlie's mind. Into his mind? Yeah, like listen, like reading. It's like listening to his thoughts. Like he oh, was able. Why was I convinced he like couldn't read her? Unless read I'm her. wrong, but I don't. Okay, let me Google this. Just yeah. To, like, fact check. Edward found himself unable to fully read Charlie's mind, but he dismissed it very quickly, believing that he was just slow on the mind. What That's part of so... the book was that in? Like, at the beginning? Yeah, it was towards the beginning. I remember it very well. I don't well. remember that, huh? I remember it because I was like, oh, I never knew that. I don't. I didn't remember that part at all. But how, why would I know that? Because that's just, like, another thing that they would share just yeah. from Edward's perspective. And I thought that was weird. Which, But he can read her mom's mind. So yeah, I and, like, he was able to from. see, like, into Charlie's mind to, like, see what Renee looked like before... Edward even knew like what Renee looked like because whenever Bella was leaving him she was like said the same thing that Renee said whenever Charlie was leaving and like whenever Edward was like listening and like whatever he could see Renee's face in Charlie's mind okay reading a Reddit article we learned in Midnight Sun that Bella got her shielding powers from Charlie Edward couldn't read his mind but he could get basic readings of feelings and conceptual ideas he could kind of read his mind so that's where that comes in yeah because I knew he could like almost in the way that like Jasper can like change emotions and feel emotions. I felt like it was kind of similar to that with Charlie. Yeah. So if Charlie turned vamp, he would probably have similar powers to Bella. So Edward knows Charlie has a basic shield. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So I was going to say like, it probably goes back to like how Bella's a shield. And that's why he wasn't able to read Bella's mind. Honestly, this makes me even really honestly, just even saying this out loud makes me like so uncomfortable to point out now i'm nervous i do want to say imprinting is a really odd thing and the definition of imprinting um my definition of it actually is basically they're just they fall in love but they're what you need them to be at that time at that time so the love takes different shapes and different forms in different forms so the werewolf's imprint okay so 
after Jacob is in love with Bella for however long, for but he years. never he never imprinted on her. So yeah. It almost should have been kind of obvious. Like looking back, she set that up perfectly. But then Bella has her baby, Renesmee, and then Jacob imprints on her, right? But at that point, it's not it's not a sexual thing. It's like he loves her as like a like, a, like a, a niece daughter almost. Or yeah, like, like a daughter like and a sister. But it's so weird when you think about it and it just like makes you uncomfortable. But so I think that's odd. Also, like Jacob isn't the first one to imprint on a child. Like all like No, most of them did. Yeah, like they were like in uh, Breaking Dawn, like in Jacob's part, like they're talking about how like Quill or one of them is like imprinted on like a three year old and like he's hanging out with her at the beach. Like But does that not alarm you? Like it's it's spooky you know it's it's spooky to say the least it's just (laughs) weird but also like during that time the form that their bond takes is just a it's just like a protector yeah it's a protector that's a really good way to put it and they just protect until they're at a certain age it's just where it changes it's just like it literally makes me like uncomfortable to think about yeah i don't i mean in the movie like how they handled like him imprinting i think they did a really good job of it like they like I agree. your whole like the best way they could to have an adult fall in love with the baby. Yeah. Which is just weird. But I mean it saved her life, so like that's, that's good. True. That is true. It's just this is one of those series that I I actually don't think it would be as popular if it came out today. I don't know what it is, but I just think it's such a weird like the books that are popular right now are so different and i don't think that that would work into really kind of translate yeah i don't think it would translate well and i think that in the times we're in things like this would immediately become alarming and even though that was only 12 years ago when the series came out i just think it's i don't know i think it was good for its time but i don't think it It was really good for its time and like the movie franchise just made it so much bigger but yeah i i can agree with what you're saying i don't think it would have been as popular not as popular no and again, like I'm getting so PC about this and like getting really uncomfortable. And like, obviously this is a fiction book and it's like werewolves and vampires. So like, I mean, I guess all yeah. up in the air at that point, <laughs> but it definitely is really, really uncomfortable. Um, okay. Did you like um, Twilight or Midnight Sun the best? <sighs> I th- I'm going to go with Midnight Sun. No, I love I love Twilight. Don't get me wrong, but like the amount of times I've reread those like first chapters of Midnight Sun to the amount of times I've reread Twilight. That's fair. That's actually very fair. So that's why I'm gonna say Midnight Sun. I'm gonna have to say the same thing just for that reasoning alone. Yeah, like I love Twilight. Don't get me wrong. Like it's a great book, but I just I like it because it's like a different point of view and like it's different, kind of different from the movies, and you really get an inside of like edward and his mind and like his you get his family's history you get so much more depth and detail than you really did in twilight yeah all right guys i'm back reading for one of my favorite sponsors ship so if you guys don't know what ship is it is the dating app where you can swipe on matches for you and your friends that is ship s-h-i-p so if you're single you can invite friends to swipe for you and the best part if you're not single like me you can still join to help your friends out you don't have to make a profile or anything like that you can just join your friend's crew and start swiping so when your best friend starts dating someone it's kind of like you start dating that person too and i don't know about you guys but i'm personally so tired of my friends dating flops so listen I am swiping on ship our potential suitors for, I don't want to name names, my best friend Dom, because I am tired of her just, 
we've always had problems with Dom's, you know, boy taste, boy ideas. And I just felt like I needed to, as her best friend, step in, take one for the team and just kind of take matters into my own hands. She's really lucky um, because I'm not actually able to message the guys for her. I'm just able to share, you know, kind of maybe share profiles and point her in maybe a more positive direction that I think will be good for her. And also me as well, because whoever she dates is also, you know, a big part of my life. It's really funny because we definitely have totally different tastes. So it makes the app even more fun because, you know, we may not always agree. You can also start group chats on ship. So it's so fun because you can just set your friends up and help them. So it's great. One, if you're single, because you can find a nice potential suitor. And then two, again, if you're not single, because you're still able to help out your friends and lead them in a more positive direction. So I love ship. It is so freaking fun. I mentioned last week how we're working on it with my sister. It's so, it's literally the best thing ever, guys. It is so fun. It is the, also the best way to spend your time right now just with, you know, the pandemic and COVID and we're home right now. So we love ship on the I Love You So Much podcast and I know my listeners will love it. Download the app. And honestly, if you guys want me to swipe for you, I will. Like, let's get this, you know, let's get this going. We'll talk about it in the Facebook group. But anyways, I love Ship. Go download the app. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the episode and we will get back to it. And I actually think that the colons are so much more interesting than Bella, no offense. So it gives, there's so much more to be told. I finally found um, some questions on Midnight Sun. Oh, perfect. We just were really first to the game. So there were no book club questions available (laughs) online. Um, okay, the first one. Any thoughts on Jessica? We have a good sense of her character in the original books, but here we can read her mind through Edward. I will say one thing. I thought it was weird how he referred to her as Jess in her mind, in his mind. He called her Jess. Isn't that weird? Because he didn't really like her. But I'm sure, like, from, like, hearing other people talk about her, like, in their like, listening in their minds, you just used to saying Jess. Like, he knew to say Bella instead of Isabella. Because the whole mind true. reading thing. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Did you like her? I thought she was kind of a little, you know, one of those annoying, annoying, like obviously she's a, she's a popular girl and she's kind of like a, she's kind of mean, but like, yeah, like we probably wouldn't be friends with her, No, but I think she is the most realistic character in this book because yeah. she is a high school girl. Literally. And she really is. To She's a tea, jealous. A high school. She likes this boy. The boy asked her friend to the dance. Like, it's so... It's very realistic. It's very high school drama. Yeah. And it's funny when, like, just seeing her, like, Bella just is so naive to it almost because mm-hmm. you hear what Jess is actually thinking, like, when they're shopping and all that stuff. And then when she sees her with, yeah. like, Edward at the restaurant... And she's like trying to make it seem like she, they hadn't already eaten, so she's like she could hang out with Edward too. Yeah, like that's yeah. not not that's not girl. That's not friends. No, and it's like you already got the other one. Like yeah, like you it. got the one you wanted. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, what's, um, who's your favorite colon? Now that you've kind of got a better insight Alice, to them, for sure. Yeah. What same for you? I'm gonna go with Alice. I love Carlisle too, though. He's just so gentle. I agree. Not Jasper, due to his latest profession. I like Emmett. Yeah, I do too. I actually love Emmett. Yeah, I like really hearing like Emmett's thoughts and like how actually, like actually I'm gonna go with Emmett. I think I am too. Like hearing like his thoughts about Bella, like especially like when they were in the car and like how protective of her he got. Like 
and he barely even knows her. Like, yes, Emmett, great guy. He's down. Like that's how I would describe it. But he's just down, and also just I, down to earth. I feel like. Yeah, and I feel like he is very level headed. He actually reminds me of my brother Cody. <gasps> Don't you agree in the way I that he doesn't so spark see the drama? That. Yeah, and he's just very like he's happy and, happy and protective. His family, yeah, very even keeled, no drama, easygoing. Easy wants going. to kind of be the peacemaker. Knows how to deal with like dramatic girls. Yes, M- not me, of course. I mean, my mother, my sister, obviously. <laughs> Duh. You said that you were a little bit too affirming for that one. <laughs> okay. Also, thoughts on Mike. He is so jealous. It is unbelievable. Oh, he's him like, and Jess deserve each other. They do. They're like perfect. They I work. Mean, imagine how unhealthy that relationship is gonna. Or ha- like has to be. It's toxic. No, it has to be toxic. So it's yeah. Mike and Jess are doomed. They they were doomed from They're the doomed. start. They didn't even really want each other. They just kind of settled. You know what? I feel seen right now as I read this next question. Are we going to get a better look at Tanya in this book since Edward visits her after meeting Bella? Or is this a single appearance to help tie into the later books? What are your thoughts on her and Edward? No, here's the thing. There's not going to be later books. So it was just a throwaway. Like, I'm so passionate on this. Tanya thing was just like the biggest throwaway. I feel like... I didn't know there's not going to be any other books. Oh, yeah. No, she's already said absolutely not. She said this is the last one. And it's taken her she 10 years to finish. profit so much. But it's her life. It's what she wants to do. She just doesn't care. She does other stuff now, but like nothing like Twilight. She's and written other books. My mom's read them. The Host. I read The Host, yeah. I, don't even I didn't read it, it though at all. It's about like aliens, I yeah, think. Yeah, I don't think I liked it that much. But she, no, she does. I followed it on Instagram recently because I actually do want to get her on the podcast. Um, something with like publishing, I think, like hmm. something involving books. I can't really remember, but I'm like sure she, she if, like her thing actually got leaked by someone on their inside circle, then she would be more into yeah, that. True, and I think she is probably just kind of so over it. It's like you think about like you think Twilight, you think Stephanie Meyer, and like yeah. vice versa. Like maybe she just wants to, to break be, free. I I get that, but like she literally wrote this book starting off a dream. Like she dreamed the meadow scene, and that's like yeah. where she started from. So like. I don't know. Um, okay, there's a point that says Edward admits that he's very stalkerish. At least he's self-aware. He is. We we love someone who's self-aware. He is very <laughs> self-aware. Like you can't take that away from him. Okay. Like. Okay. Oh, there's been a man. lot of talk over the years about some of the problematic as- aspects of Edward. No way. Does the insight into his mind change your feelings towards the way he acts? Um. Yes. It does. It gives better insight to why he does certain things and is the way he is. And you know that... It's still just creepy. It is really creepy, but you know that it's not with creepy intent, necessarily. Like, he's not trying to, like... Well, he almost killed her, but, like, he's not, like, stalking her to kill her. He's just trying to get to know her and, like, get a better idea of her because he can't read her mind, you know? Yeah. But it's still... Do you think that he, he has some weird pride thing with that? That, like, he can't read her mind and he can read everyone else's mind? Like, do you think that was, like, a hit to his ego? I feel like it kind of was. It probably was. That's probably why he was so, like, interested in her. Like, yeah. what is it about her? Exactly. Like, everyone I've ever encountered in my 117 years. He even talks about how at first he didn't, like, really even find her attractive. Like, he didn't realize. And, but it, and he phrased it more in a way if he didn't realize how beautiful she was because he was so bothered by the fact that he couldn't read her mind. Yeah. But that was definitely interesting. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. What do you think about Edward making plans to disappear after saving Bella? What do you make of the Colons' reactions? 
I'm just so sick and tired of Edward trying to like he knows him and Bella are just meant to be get over it and stop running away it's like he really literally annoying. saw so many of Alice's visions with her incident being a vampire like he knows that's inevitable and like what are you trying to fight I think he's just a prideful man and he thinks that he he's gonna damn her s- he's gonna damn her soul yeah literally he thinks that he can ch- even though he's well aware of, I know that Allison's like vision changes but like he'd seen enough it was there was multiple it was totally like different scenarios. so many different like ties led to her being a vampire regardless like she, alice saw that even before she, they went to the meadow together someone said mike is the real villain here i really agree with that and he hates okay you know what i actually think is like kind of like hot in a way almost like it's just like <laughs> funny is the way that edward is so not bought like mike hates edward with such a passion and edward just like does not care like he just finds it so funny he's unbothered no he's so unbothered and he just like laughs about it yeah no that's that's attractive that's like that's a good quality instead of being like oh i hate him he sucks he's just like okay yeah whatever you know she's mine (laughs) exactly yeah i did not know when they go to port angeles and he okay so edward and carlisle travel back to port angeles to track down bella's attacker right yes okay well, one of the questions is, is it surprising how much Edward wants to hurt the man? No. No. Not at all. The they second, were trying to kill her. Yeah, and I'm not surprised at all. Edward clearly has anger problems, okay? Clearly. Clearly. The second is, what do you think of Carlisle taking care of the situation? I didn't know that. They didn't include that in yeah, Twilight, right? Or not in Twilight, but in the in Midnight Sun. They talked. No, I, I knew that in Midnight Sun. I, mean, I yeah. didn't know it before. No, I had no idea what happened to those guys before Midnight Sun. No clue. Yes, I was, I was kind of wondered. Okay, so Carlisle kills the one. Does he make himself go to their funeral? Because you know how he makes everyone else go to their funeral if he kills someone? Um, they just like kind of knocked him out and put him in front of the police station. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh no, because they had warrants out for their arrest in other ways, so he just gave them to the cops. Yeah, that's what happened. Because Edward wanted to kill them, but Carlisle was like, "No, son. No, son. (laughs) What do you think about Billy coming to the house in, uh, trying to warn slash intimidate Bella?" about edward do you feel as though he crossed a line or do you think that was a your dad's best friend protective that's your dad's best friend being protective because he obviously knows like she's involved with the vampire what does she know and like it's the ones that they have a treaty with especially like so do werewolves not do anything bad because why i don't know? know because they're also creatures of some sort and like yeah. i know that they, they hate vampires because they kill people they're but natural it's like, enemies yeah they're not and they're just natural enemies they hate each other whatever but like why are they enemies like i don't know and the colons are so mature and like carlisle's down to hang like yeah he wants to have a great relationship like when they talk about the call when he made the call he was them, so nice he was so kind and they were so weird and like listen He's like, I'll, I'll give you them. my number and billy yeah. was like no hung up like yeah that's not nice i'm like that's really just not nice but i guess from his perspective he just probably will never trust them but I mean, it makes sense. I know, but I just, I'm like, I don't know. But every, like, there's a time, like, you just gotta accept it, be nice, be friends, be respectful. Exactly. Love each other. You know what I would love to know more about? What? Alice's life before and how she I would, too. I think, I, like, watched this video on Facebook years ago. It was, like, I don't know if it was, like, a fan-made one, but apparently she was in, like, some psych ward before. Yeah. And I mean, obviously James knew Alice because after in the video, you know, recording. Yeah, wait, I, I know. I don't know why I'm forgetting this. Though. He was I like, this. for one of his hunts, he was like, I've only had one get away from me and it was Alice that got away. That's right. Yeah. 
And so he was like, it's only fair y'all have her, I get Bella. That is so, like, It's weird, not though. nice. Was Alice a human when she got away, though? I think she was a human and then someone turned her to, like, I don't know if they were, like, trying to protect her or save her, but she got turned before James could get her. Okay, I think the most heartbreaking scene of the entire book is what we could all agree on is when Bella says those mean and hateful things to Charlie when she has to leave. When Laurent, James, and Victoria arrive, the baseball scene, and then they have to leave town, and Bella goes off at Charlie and says exactly what her mom said. That to was messed him. up. I actually am looking for this tweet right now. I literally had just saw a tweet. I might have actually sent it to you. I think you did. I think I did too. Let me just go through her tweets. That was just too far. Also, just as a divorced parent kid to another, her <sighs> parents divorced when she was two. She should not know what her mom said to her dad at all that's also true you oh, yeah. know anyways i'll never emotionally recover from when bella was trying to leave and charlie was like i just got you back and her bad words really said yeah and if i don't get out now i'll be stuck here like mom like that man did not deserve that he did not deserve that and charlie just loves his daughter like he really I loves know. his daughter i think he just doesn't necessarily know how to relate to her because he didn't he didn't grow, grow up, up with her, her. So we said that at the same time. Uh, yeah, we did. It was a little bit creepy, but yeah. <laughs> Renee took her and moved when she was like two, right? Yeah. So just... Charlie has not spent that much time with her, and I think he loves her, but he doesn't know how to connect with her. And he's trying his best. That was just so horrible. And like she knows, she felt so bad, and that's why like that's why Charlie let her go. But like, that's so rude. So rude. Not nice. Even though she's obviously trying to protect him, but he can't know that. Uh huh. Oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about the most important part of this book, which was the um, dedication. Did you read this? No. I mean, we already talked about it briefly, but when that doctor thinks that Carlisle just got worked on, that's funny. Yeah. There are just some elements from Edward that are funny. Yeah. Like, I think he's really, it's not even that he's trying to be funny. It's just that the way that he goes, the way that he goes about sharing thoughts, I think Mm -hmm. it's just really funny. No, yeah, like, it's per- kind of, a sp- not, I wouldn't say his perspective, but kind of, like, yeah. his, out- his outlook, you know? Yes. And just the things he says, how he presents them, even sometimes his mannerisms, like, funny guy. Not trying to be funny, but. I also really did like how they went into how they staged Bella's accident after, like, in the hotel. I did like that, too. Yeah. Actually, I thought that was really interesting, because in Twilight, you just go to, she's in the hospital, and. Like, you see her, like. You know, like, she had the the stories, like, she fell downstairs, hit a window. But, like, you don't know what they did to make it seem like that. And I like that aspect of Midnight Sun, too, where you get, like, deeper insight to, like, things that they don't go into in Twilight. The fact that no one even questions that she fell down the stairs and through a window really just says a lot about her at that point. Because no one questions it. They're like, oh, yeah, that sounds like Bella. Yeah, that sounds like something she would do. Like, that's just sad. Also, just like you're in high school and as, okay, so she's quote unquote escaping and running home, right? Mm-hmm. And Edward and his like entire family then follow her. Like that's just odd. Yeah. I mean, I get that we're also reading a book about vampires and werewolves and I keep saying that's just so weird. Like we're acting like it's like real life, like happening right now. Yeah, exactly. But it's not. And like I'm the one reading a book about vampires and like I'm I chose to read this. Yeah. Like we did this to ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. I want to end this. Well, one by saying I really did enjoy the book. I felt like it was 
a little bit longer than it needed to be. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, I when I got to because in Kindle they do like it by percentages. So oh, yeah. I remember hitting at like seventy five percent, and that was when they finally had the baseball. Scene, yeah, I have which, on my iBooks same thing. Yeah. So it was like seventy seventy five, and I was and like, that's like the climax of the book. Taking it back to yeah. like English lessons. So oh, the first seventy five be proud. <laughs> you know, the first seventy five percent of the book were just kind of like setting up for that, and it was just giving yeah. you a lot more insight. But like, I just felt like it, and I really it dragged it. in some places. It I will say that did drag in some places, and like I loved reading it. I love reading. I didn't mind, but I definitely feel like it was longer than it needed to be. And then it like it's slower, 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 and then you hit like three-fourths of the way into it and then like the baseball scene they're in arizona she's in the hospital like the ballet scene the all of it like yeah all of that happens in such a short period of time in the book mm-hmm. which i thought was like kind of weird and i didn't remember i mean i haven't read twilight in years at this yeah. point but i don't re- feel like that is what really happened last time but maybe that is couldn't tell you i don't i honestly don't remember but i yeah i do agree with that it's just there was just a lot like it took me a lot longer to read this book than I genuinely like thought it would like I thought I'd yeah, kick, me too, I thought I'd knock it out in like four or five days but me it too. took me longer because I just there was so much that extra stuff which I was interested about and I was intrigued and liked learning about it but I was like I just want to hear about Edward and Bella I thought you'd be done in like two days that's why when I finished I read like half of it in one day I know that's why when I finished before you well that's also because I like have other books that I want to read so it's yeah. like it pushed me more to read but I was surprised because I thought you would finish before me. Oh, I thought I'd finish like a week or two. Were, I hadn't even downloaded or I had pre-ordered it and yeah. I didn't start the day it came out. You texted me that night at like 6 p.m. that you were halfway through and I had I literally had read like 10 percent and I was reading it that night. Yeah. Like you were way ahead of me, but it was definitely a little bit longer. I felt than it needed to be, but it was just really nostalgic. And that was like the whole point of this book. It just took me back to like fifth grade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to fifth grade when my parents were getting divorced and I was heartbroken, you know, good times. Okay. Anyways, we're going to read the dedication by we, I mean, I am, I'm not going to make Sav and I switch off words, but we're not going to popcorn read. No, try <laughs> throw back to popcorn reading. Okay. Try to listen to this and not cry. Okay. Oh, no. Okay, this book is dedicated to all the readers who have been such a happy part of my life for the last 15 years. When we first met, many of you were young teenagers or fifth graders with divorced parents who made you hate your life. That's fine. We won't talk about that. (laughs) With bright, beautiful eyes full of dreams for the future. I hope that in the years that have passed, you've all found your dreams and that the reality of them was even better than you'd hoped. Why am I getting actual chills? Ex- no, literally, Sam actually like, gets chills. Yeah. I read that and actually Britta posted it to her story and was like, this is the most beautiful dedication I've ever seen. It literally, like that really just sealed the deal for me right there. That hit like too close to home, but like the right amount of home. Too close to home. Just the right amount of home. Stephanie updating you. Um, life in the past 15 years. Ah. Uh-huh. You know, it's gotten better and then it's gotten worse. We're in 2020. The only good thing that has happened in 2020 truly has been Midnight Sun and me getting a Kindle. And you moving back to Texas. I did buy a house. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but other than that, 2020 sucks, okay? Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to our first uh, book club episode. Thank you, Sav, for coming on. It didn't feel right recording this without you. I'm honored. I'm glad this is my very first debut on this. I'm surprised you haven't made a passive aggressive remark yet about that. I'm just letting it. I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) You're just taking the moment. I am. I'm just really enjoying it. And like, this is very fitting, like very right for me to like talk about Midnight Sun, talking about Twilight, like. 
what Sav is saying is that she's my best friend since we were in like a freshman, freshman year of high school. school. And uh, she's not been on the podcast and she's uh, just a little bit mad about it. Yeah, but it's fine. It's fine. I got over it. Yeah. I finally made it. Because now <laughs> she's made it. And you made it on the first book club podcast. That's Yeah, that's special. Yeah, it is. So I hope you guys enjoyed. As always, if you guys want to talk amongst yourselves, the Facebook group is there. We'll have a full um, little group discussion on there. We've been talking about it all month. <laughs> um, and then the Instagram will be linking and announcing the new book as always. But I hope you guys enjoy. Um, it'll be very fun to catch up next month, um, which I've already announced the book by now, but love you guys so much. Bye. All right, guys, that is it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I love you guys so much. Again, if you guys want to join the book club, I am announcing the September read on the Instagram. So go follow over there. We're going to be chatting, talking about it in the comments. I love you guys so much and I will talk to you guys next week.